0: My name's Ethan, I'm 12 years old, and I'm from Orlando, Florida. This year, I will be celebrating my 13th birthday, and for that special occasion, I won't be listening to I Doubt It Was do Moore.
1: Okay, and I read the script,
0: but just between you and me, of course I'm going to listen to I Doubt It Was do If By not listening to I Doubt It Was do who knows what could happen? I might join the cult of Donald Trump. I might make a bunch of alt-right word salads with my Loki I might go out with Tommy Larry. So, of course I'm going to be listening to my dad with Dalmor on my 13th birthday. Anyway, love the show, and Britney's the best part. Love the show, Brittany's the best part
2: Following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome to the show and thank you for listening and joining us. For this 266th episode, I am your host for all of that time, Jesse Dollimore, and sitting across from me, the gal who loves to entertain preteens, Brittany Page.
3: Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> too, too much?
3: A uh, little scared. A <laughs> little frightened by that.
2: I don't know how I feel uh-huh. about have, having an audience that contains any number. Of 12 and 13-year-old individuals.
3: (laughs) Well, you're talking about the awesome opening to the show. Yes. Which was awesome. Very animated. Very hilarious. I laughed out loud. Yes. And we really appreciate that. That was great. Well,
2: I I don't know. It makes me almost want to, like, watch my mouth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which takes away from the whole gratuitous cursing. It really does. Yeah, fuck it. I'm... (laughs) I'm gonna be me. Yeah. You be you, Ethan. Yeah. And I'll I I gotta be me.
3: You you do. I have what no would, other choice. What would the show be without you being you, <laughs> Jesse D? Probably a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, it wouldn't.
2: So anyway, here we are, episode two hundred and sixty six and uh rare and to go. I I have to open the show as is probably not super rare. But bitching a little bit.
3: Uh-oh. Uh, it, it can't just
2: be me. <laughs> I'm so I'm frustrated.
3: I know. It can't, can't just it be me
2: who is bothered by fast lane drivers uh-huh. who are clearly not driving fast. You... Or in a manner that would be appropriate mm-hmm. for the fast lane. The, the far left lane.
3: Right. So, are you talking about people that go like fifty miles an hour in the fast lane? Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's not what that the, the fast lane. We call it the fast lane.
3: We're talking about the, the left lane, the
2: passing lane, the that's, far left lane. Yeah, that, it's the passing lane.
3: Right. You always say that no one should be driving in that for an extended period of time. That should be reserved only for passing. That's right. That's what and you then say. Get back. Yeah, people. Over. People do not follow that rule at all. In fact, I wonder what percentage of Americans would even understand what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> when you say that. Well, I just
2: don't... We had this conversation several times we've had it, and it always comes down to whether or not they are stupid uh-huh. or willful.
3: Aggressive.
2: Yeah, are they being aggressive? Are they being the the... Protector of the realm? Are they be the 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 one man enforcer of the speed limit,
3: taking it upon themselves to make you go the speed limit? Yeah, yeah, like the uh, the hall monitor. Yeah, or
2: the RA in a college dorm.
3: Well, this has been particularly frustrating to me because I have to drive pretty far to work sometimes, and I. Want to get home when I'm on my way home? <laughs> I would like to be home as get, soon as possible. Get to work.
2: Nah, not as big a priority. Getting no. home <laughs> is a big. It's a big time.
3: Yes, and I get stuck behind people that are driving very slow in the yeah. fast lane, and I feel like it's aggressive. Like they don't want me to come home. <laughs> They're like, no.
2: Well, I don't understand it, especially here in Southern California, where obviously the speed limit 65
3: right but most people drive 80
2: most people drive 80
3: yeah i so mean that's
2: and that's not like oh yeah everybody drives fast here i mean the flow of traffic is 75 80
3: right when there's not traffic just the way
2: it is yeah, yeah.
3: unless there's traffic and then it's stopped
2: yeah well that's you know all the time a shit show
3: yeah. but but not at night mm-hmm.
2: certainly not at night
3: yeah so the other issue and i've been seeing a lot of this because in boise
2: Oh yeah, our our hometown.
3: Yeah, it's snowing like crazy. I've seen pictures of rulers put in the snow in front of people's workplaces and it's just crazy.
2: I love the the weather updates on the Facebook via photo. Yeah. People are always like, ah, yeah, it's snowing, it's winter, big deal. Like, fuck you. For those of us who don't live there. Yeah, I love and seeing aren't it. experiencing the majesty that is an actual winter. Yeah. Because it doesn't snow like that in Boise. A lot of people would just think, oh, it's Idaho, it probably snows all the time. Right. It's not that way in Boise. You you might get five or six days of decent snow, but it doesn't stick around for weeks or any really time at all. Right. And it's it's a lot of snow on the ground there.
3: It is coming down.
2: And that's another issue with the driving. Yeah, I think is where you're going. Right. Sidetrack this. Well, whole there's thing. been a
3: crazy number of accidents. Well, it's
2: because just be. Here's the deal.
3: People running off the road. How many sentences
2: do I start like that? Here's the deal, folks.
3: <laughs> Here's the deal.
2: <laughs> it's not always how safe you are driving that determines whether you're safe.
3: Oh, for sure. It's
2: some other asshole. Yeah. Some other guy who. Oh, I've got. I've got a truck, so apparently I'm immune from icy roads.
3: Yeah. Or
2: I've got a, a, a Mercedes-Benz, so it doesn't matter if there's a water on the road. I'll never hydroplane. Right. You're, you're not on a magic flying carpet, asshole. <laughs> it's still a vehicle. Yeah. It will crash just like a shitty Toyota. Y- your four-wheel drive, it's just a four-wheel drive. You will crash and die just like anybody else. In a, le- a lesser automobile.
3: Yeah, I think the closest I've ever come to dying was when I was driving in the snow. Recklessly. Probably,
2: I was going to say probably like an asshole.
3: Yeah, when I was a teenager, and there was a car in front of me going too slow, too slow for me.
2: "Quote unquote."
3: Yeah, just being <laughs> super safe and awesome, but <laughs> I was an asshole. So
2: you're you're the person I'm talking about right I now. I was. Yeah. I
3: was the person. How oh, dare yeah, you? Super safe now. Excuse me. I am much safer than I used to be. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, so I tried to pass them and my best friend Katie was in the passenger seat. And my biggest regret about that moment was almost killing Katie. Cause if I'm dead, that's fine. But I almost took her out too. Yeah.
2: She's actually going to contribute to society. Yeah. The world would lose a treasure. Yes. If Katie died.
3: Seriously. and if you
2: die, <laughs> I mean, angels will, will pro- proclaim the glory in heaven that ah! yeah she is dead
3: oh that's sad um (laughs) but but we survived barely i seriously almost just went off the road into a creek it was listen if
2: you weren't bleeding or stopped breathing you didn't barely survive you survived
3: no it was bad
2: you barely got you almost were in an accident you didn't barely survive well
3: it's the closest i've come to being in a life-threatening accident
2: okay If you were unscathed, but your heart (laughs) was beating fast, Uh that's not almost died.
3: Well... You're right. You didn't
2: barely survive.
3: I feel like I almost die on the road <laughs> on a regular basis. But that was like the closest it's ever come. I was screaming the other day in the car with you. I, I get very afraid of other drivers because they yeah. just drive recklessly. Well, I think
2: that's justified to, to They to always be. have their
3: phones out. They're not paying attention. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Put your phone away.
2: Yeah, Nothing's going on on Facebook that's so <laughs> dire. Yeah, no one cares. You need to know about it right now. Yeah. Unless you're me, and then I, I got to know right now. That <laughs> shit is very... I'll, Very important.
3: All those trolls messaging you. You got to read them.
2: All right. Let's... (laughs) Goddamn trolls. All right. uh, Let's move on to some voicemails. We had a hot topic last week in our intro talking about stacking dishes. Holy shit. Who knew that we would have such a resounding response from the audience? Let's start with an email.
3: So this is from Brian. He says, I worked in housekeeping in a hotel. There weren't many men cleaning rooms in the hotel where I worked, but there were a few.
2: This is... let's, Let's go back. This is... I made a reference to
3: how many maids, yeah, that, in hotels. It's
2: women clean hotel rooms, not sexist wise, just that I've never seen a man. Uh-huh. You, you know, you when you when you anybody who starts a sentence by saying, you know, I'm not a racist. <laughs> That's usually problematic.
3: I'm just smiling because you had you felt the need to yeah, I shouldn't, insert that I shouldn't into your sentence. I shouldn't have to say... Yeah. I shouldn't have to explain. Please draw attention to it. So, <laughs> so the email continues, and he says, My daughter Ellie works in a pizza place, and she says she can always tell when someone has worked as a server because they stack the dishes. It's a small thing, but it does make their job cleaning up a little easier. I have always stacked dishes, and I even wipe down the table so the waitstaff doesn't have a big, grimy, greasy mess to deal with. They will clean the table properly after you leave, but it's just a little less gross for them.
2: We do that as well.
3: We do. And thanks, that's for awesome.
2: the, uh, thanks for the message, Brian.
3: We have another message from Nikki. As a former server and bartender, I don't consider it rude to stack plates. Putting the trash on top of the stack is, however, not cool, since you never know what is in that pile of trash. (laughs) And the silverware is underneath, which means you can't just empty the plate over the trash can. You have to remove the stuff by hand. Yeah, but you, you have to remove the trash from the table anyway. Okay. It's so, not like
2: I'm storing my secret stash of Ebola in there.
3: So, parenthetically, Nikki, for me, said, In my mind's eye, I see Brittany shuddering now from the germs. <laughs> and then she says, LTS, B and J, A, T, B, P.
2: What? Wait, what? This
3: is going to be, love the show. Brittany and Jesse are the best part.
2: Oh, how beautiful <laughs> I don't have to play the drop. Yes. Thank you, Nikki. We have more, right? Let's get to a voicemail. Let's let's mix this up,
1: please. Hey guys, Brittany from Mississippi here. Um, just in reference to what your conversation about stacking plates in restaurants, and is that a dick move or not? I was a waitress the latter part of my um, high school years and and through college um, for a few years, and I was I don't it I think it really depends on what type of restaurant you're in. Um, In my experience, the restaurant I worked in, we didn't have bussers, bus boys, bus, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, We cleared tables ourselves. And, uh, of course, now this was, gosh, almost more than 10 years ago. Uh, So, you know, it's been a while, but... um, I do what you guys were describing as the stacking, the clear, clearing of the area, the trash on the plate or whatever, but I, I, I don't see why that would be considered rude because when I was a waitress and had to clear the area myself, that would have been the greatest gift anyone could have given me. Uh, the one thing I don't do is the napkin. If the napkin is not paper, I don't put the napkin on the plate because then it gets dragged through the shit and you know that gets messy on hands and I don't want to transfer what I've eaten from the plate. To someone else's hands, uh, unnecessarily, I guess. But uh, you know, other than that, I, I would—I would think it would depend on the quality of the restaurant. If it's like a nice, fancy, schmancy place, I probably wouldn't be doing that as much. A lot of times, there are restaurants where people come around and they—and they make it a habit to clear things. I mean, every few minutes. If it's done, if it's a piece of paper, if it's an empty glass, they take it. And, you know, then you're at places like Olive Garden or Chili's where your table just stacks up with every plate that they bring you. And that's when I stack things, not to be rude or anything like that, just to, uh, in my mind, to make it easier on them um, when it does come time for somebody to, whether it's after we're gone or or while we're still there, to take the the plates or take the things. Uh, And it just depends, you know, I mean, I, I guess really... It comes down to what type of restaurant it is. I'm, I, I guess how I feel. I don't think it's rude either way, though. I think I think it's more helpful. But um, I'm just one person, so that's my take on it. And uh, of course, I love the show, and we Britneys are always the best part. Thanks, guys.
0: Love the show. Britney's
1: the
3: best part. Bye. So it sounds like there is some truth to what I read. My false memory about not stacking the trash, like the napkins and things like that, yeah. on top of the dishes. It seems Maybe, like there's some consensus there. Well,
2: even Mark, uh, on, on the Facebook comment, said, when I worked in a kitchen, we didn't like plate stackers because the bus people were supposed to dump old food. I don't know how you do this reading thing, by the way. This is not, not something I'd want to do all the time. <laughs> uh, because the bus people were supposed to dump old food in a little baggie in a cart, and then plates in a different areas of the bin. That way, the dishwasher could load and sanitize to the max, because they knew each size plate is blah blah. Yeah, I'm not gonna read the rest of this. It's not long. It's just I'm not doing it well. Um, <laughs> You're doing great. L- let me tell you something. Th- that's a whole system, Mark. I'm not. We if a, if a restaurant has <laughs> has that complicated a system, that's not something I can really pay attention to. That's too too complex for the inner workings of my tiny tiny pea brain. So so apparently it's we're we're gonna have to stop with the trash stacking.
3: It seems like it. That's a
2: consensus. Yeah.
3: Because I don't want to be a dick, right? right.
2: We do, well I started a list here, if you could see. There's uh-huh. two columns. One says not a dick, <laughs> the other says dick.
3: Uh huh. <laughs> and which is winning? Not a dick. Not a dick.
2: Yeah, not a dick is winning.
3: All right. Good.
2: Yeah. So let's that, let's put that to bed. We appreciate the feedback. As always, if you would like to sound off, hopefully not about this because I think we put it to bed, but any topic you hear on the show today, if you just want to say something, let us know. 657-464-7609. As always, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at Our
3: next email is, oh, yeah. is from Rania. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. First, Trump's tweet from New Year's Eve sounds like something I would have tweeted when I was in high school and trying to throw shade at someone I was in some beef with. That says a lot about his maturity level. The other thing I wanted to talk about was foreign policy. In the past two episodes, you talked about nuclear weapons and Russia, John McCain's ideas for permanent troops in Estonia, etc., I might be overthinking this, but with everything going on and what might possibly happen in the future as far as as foreign policy, I really wouldn't be surprised if we went into World War III. It might not happen anytime soon or even within the next four years, but I have a feeling it could happen in the near future if things get worse with Russia. Do you think this is possible or is this too much of a reach? I would love to know your thoughts on the possibilities of World War III happening. Love the show and I can't wait to see what more you guys do in this new year.
2: Yeah, that'll give us a, maybe talk about that a little bit.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I would say this. Um, I think it's a little alarmist to be, having any World War Three talk at all is super, super premature because the conflict level that we have with Russia right now is really more diplomatic than anything else. It hasn't peaked to a military level well, really since the height of the Cold War and there's only like four or five instances that come to mind that would have been problematic enough to have led us into an actual war, battles,
0: mm-hmm.
2: nuclear, you know, battles. Problem. I mean, the, the end of the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just don't have that fear. I think that there would be a lot of bad blood. We might go into another Cold War kind of a situation, but there's a theory surrounding nuclear war that's called mutually assured destruction. MAD, it was referred to as. And that's, both sides know, if one side drops a nuke, the other's going to drop two, and so on and so on and so on, until everybody's dead. And that's, that everybody is not just everybody in the United States and everybody in Russia. That is a global calamity. That's, the, the whole world is going to be affected uh, existentially. By something like that. So I think that that is going to be taken into account by even the likes of Donald Trump and even the likes of a madman like Vladimir Putin. Because as much of a monster as he is, he's not insane. So I would say calm down. Let's see where things go. But uh, World War Three talk is a little premature. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah, absolutely, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But thanks for the email. We appreciate the questions very much.
3: So we have another email from Randy. Randy. Yeah.
2: Oh, no, it's Randy.
3: Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he starts his message, Jesse, Brittany, you know, mocking us because of what we do. I don't, it's easy. It's easy to do. <laughs> I don't want to write a book, so let me get right to it. Huge props to you both for the show. For a couple years now, I've been considering doing a podcast. Isn't everybody? So I set up a sort of soundproofed studio in an effing closet, fired up GarageBand, and proceeded to go off a semi-legit script. Hot garbage. So hot was this garbage <laughs> that instead of calling you guys and leaving a message, I wrote to you instead, so I wouldn't have to listen <laughs> to my stupid voice. Goddamn. You guys keep rocking the pod waves. I'll keep listening. You are shit hot. Love the show. Brittany is the best part.
0: Love the show. Brittany's the best part.
2: But You are definitely the best part.
3: I have a lot of difficulty reading things, but that is you. Um,
2: you heard me trying to fumble fuck my way through that. That was terrible. You
3: know it's tough, but I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> Two hundred. How many episodes?
2: 266 numbered episodes, but there's probably over 300 with bonus content. So So, anyway, Randy, yes, go ahead. Thank
3: you so much. That was an awesome email. Hilarious. You worked in all kinds of show related things. Yes. Loved it. I would.
2: It is funny how it's hard to tell someone Yeah. What do you do for a living? This always comes up at parties. The, what do you do? Yeah. And especially being in LA, I don't like to say I host a podcast or I have a YouTube channel because it's just so Oh yeah, you're one of those. Everybody has a podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it's kind of a joke amongst celebrity types in LA. I'm not one of them, but it's among celebrity types of being asked on everybody's podcast because every everybody
0: mm-hmm.
3: has
2: a goddamn podcast. Yeah. So I'm uh I'm with you there, Randay. Yeah. I am with you. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I don't know if you've heard this news, but uh, Ellen DeGeneres has apparently disinv- Ellen DeGeneres has apparently disinvited a gospel singer from appearing on her show, who is involved in the movie Hidden Figures.
3: Right, so this woman was set to perform the song I See Victory from the Hidden Figures soundtrack with Pharrell Williams on Thursday, the day that you're hearing this. But she announced that she was no longer going to have this person on her show, and she tweeted this news after she received an outcry and a petition from viewers who were upset about Burrell's sermon in which she called homosexuality perverted and an embarrassment.
2: And right here... I have a copy of the audio of a of just a short snippet of the most offensive of the sermon. And I want everybody to hear it because, well, for multiple reasons, I want to have everybody understand exactly why Ellen yanked the carpet, the rug out from under this lady and, and had her not show up on the, on the show. Because it would have been an insult to have this kind of a person with these kinds of, of pernicious beliefs w- with the boldness to stand in public and say these things. It would be, it's counterproductive to Ellen's entire ethos, her entire life, her entire goal of her message, it would go against that. So anyway, here's Kim Burrell giving a, giving a, a rant in a church in Houston about the Faithful Life Church or something. Uh, it's uh, quite a thing to hear. So, a lot of Christian love pouring out of that face right there.
3: I'm sure she's never had a penis in her mouth. Let
2: me tell you something. This is how they get around this, is talking about the spirit of confusion, the spirit of homosexuality. It's, no, it's not... It's genetic. It's you're born that way. There's no spirits. That, that's not a real thing. So you can't blame a <laughs> biological uh, item on something invisible and unprovable.
3: Melissa, well, even it just if, doesn't work that way. Even if it wasn't an inherent trait, it still wouldn't be
0: <laughs> right.
3: Some invisible force. Right. What what's so,
2: going on? So she took to Facebook and it, it did about a five minute. I, I don't I don't want to label it an apology, although some are calling it an apology. Here's just a minute and a half or so of it, and gives you just kind of a flavor of where her head's at after the controversy broke.
5: I have had a lot of years in the eye of the public doing what it is I do in everything that I've ever done. Has never, ever been just for the public. I'm signing on here because people matter.
3: I know she can talk faster than this,
5: And I'm not running from anything. I love you guys, too. Don't you all listen to me. Listen to me. Don't you become frazzled. We're not in a war against flesh and blood. We're not in a war with that. Hi to everyone.
2: Keep in mind she's on Facebook Live. And people are, are messaging her as she's talking and that's, they're upset or whatever. But I, I want to address, I'm stopping it there because I want to address what she says there. Uh, that we're not in a, a war against flesh and blood. This is something that was a mantra in my life when I was a Christian. It's Ephesians 6.12. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All right. <laughs> I was taught as a child a that excited. there were demons and angels at war all around you, invisible. Jesus. How insane is that? So there is physical warfare being happening all around you in the spirit realm, Brittany.
3: Is this also related to the bumper sticker I always see, "Not of this world"?
2: Uh, I don't. Maybe. I. I think that's probably just you're 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 bound for the for the next you know segment of your life, which would be heaven for eternity.
3: Yeah. Well, when she said not the the flesh and blood thing, I was thinking it reminded me of the "Not of this world." Yeah. Yeah. Saying
2: we see that all. That's. A, I don't know if that's just a Southern California thing. I never. Oh, it's everywhere. I, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what she's talking about here. That she she doesn't look she she doesn't fit fight a a, a flesh and blood battle. The battles she's more more concerned about are the battles, the spiritual battles mm-hmm. against spiritual wickedness in high places, right. against principalities and powers that rule this world. Uh, again, it goes back to the entire spirit of homosexuality there's a specific spirit that makes people homosexuals
5: we're not in a war against flesh and blood i came on because i care about god's creation and every person from the lgbt and anything else any other kind of thing that is supporting gay i never said lgbt last night I said S I N.
2: She never said anything about L G B T last night. She wasn't talking bad about L G B T, Brittany. You
5: are perverted, and yeah. you are Come on, you're perverted.
2: She's not screaming. You're perverted! She's not screaming that at the purse. Oh wait, yeah, she is. If you do that, you're perverted. If you are a woman and you put your face in another woman's breasts, you are perverted. Not the spirit, the principality and the power that controls you.
3: Listen. Has, She's talking has, about people. Has she seen Sofia Vergara? I don't think she has. I think the spirit might
2: overcome her. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think it will.
2: If she, she takes on a little Sophia Vergara. Yeah, so... Because it's taken upon me.
3: Yeah, it's pretty great. So um, <laughs> I I just... This upsets me a lot. And well, Hang on, she's not done. Well, I don't want to keep hearing her because she's not talking fast enough. I heard her talking like an auctioneer when she's spewing that hatred out of her face and now she's trying to talk slow to make herself sound loving and it's not working.
5: And whatever falls under sin was preached. Now, what was posted was not all I preached to. Oh. But only that. Isn't that something? No, oh, it's not. Yeah. You said hateful that shit. That is designed of the enemy to make it look like I have a personal agenda against people. Superhero. It's a heartbreak, but it's the world we live in. We fight for so much, but for the right thing. To the carnal, all things are carnal. Until the spiritual, all things is spiritual. You as a your take
3: a your you So unless the a lot of LOVE right there. Unless that the part was cut out where she says something like, Uh hang on, I'm gonna do an impression of someone super hateful and say something I don't agree with. then the rest of what you said doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Absolutely not. So don't try to spin that. And also, you could stop with the
2: sad sack act any time, Kim Burrell, about, oh, I'm just a victim here. Oh, isn't it funny they don't put the rest of my sermon in when I talk about how much I love gays and lesbian Americans and humans. That's because that doesn't exist in your sermon. All you do is scream and yell about penises and mouths and perversion.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm good for Ellen. Yes. For doing the right thing here. That's great. It even forced, I don't know, probably maybe not forced, but even Pharrell came out with a statement. Oh, wow. Saying that he doesn't stand for hate speech of any kind. Mm-hmm. He didn't name her specifically. Right. But that's awesome.
3: It's a bummer cuz that movie looks really great and I'm really excited to see it. All
2: right, well let's uh let's move from one uh hateful monster to another, different, completely different kind of hateful monster. In Dylan Roof, who is now fighting with his defense team like we talked about last time, to they're trying to not let him defend himself because he is psychologically not fit, they claim. Again, they are defense attorneys, that's their job. And he has come out with a written statement that, uh, god damn, he's, it's not good.
3: So any prospects for mercy by the jury had perhaps already been drained by the prosecution's disclosure in its opening statement of a white supremacist manifesto written by Dylan Roof in the Charleston County Jail sometime in the six weeks after his arrest. He said, quote, I would like to make it crystal clear I do not regret what I did. I am not sorry, I have not shed a tear for the innocent people I killed. I do feel sorry for the innocent white children forced to live in this sick country, and I do feel sorry for the innocent white people that are killed daily at the hands of the lower race. I have shed a tear of self-pity for myself. I feel pity that I had to do what I did in the first place. I feel pity that I had to give up my life because of a situation that should have never existed."
2: Listen, uh, being a guy who's against the death penalty, it's these kind of cases here that really press my mettle, that really make me prove to myself I'm committed to the cause of of being opposed to the death penalty because, look, if anybody deserves the death penalty, it's an asshole like this, I still stand by my position, but uh, I think that he should be, you know, stuck away in a cold room for a long time and allowed to to marinate on what he did this this is a this is human garbage
3: i don't even know how to respond to it because there's part of me that feels like there has to be something wrong with him cognitively um and that this goes deeper than brainwashing and growing up in a very unfortunate environment well i think Uh, it
2: only goes deeper because he acted on it there's there's millions of people maybe in the united states who have these very same pernicious beliefs they just don't go on a murder spree
3: yeah i just don't know how you can sit there and 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 know what you did and know that you killed innocent people who have families and loved ones yeah and uh, i just i don't i don't understand it it would also be extremely difficult to be a judge because they're supposed to be even-handed and logical. Yeah. And how can you be even-handed and logical when you hear something like that statement? Yeah, you know just what I mean? hey,
2: grab that guy, beat the shit out of him just before we start the trial.
3: Yeah, the lower human Absolute,
2: kind of have to kicks tell in. Me. You know, I fight my lower human all the time. <laughs> it's I'm I'm not. I, that's not a dick joke. That's, yeah. I am always <laughs> fighting the lesser. Mm -hmm. evolved jesse yeah it is it is a constant battle Mm -hmm. and uh i couldn't be a judge there's no there's no fucking way yeah anyway um he's gonna get he's gonna get convicted that that is for sure and um again we'll we'll continue to follow this
1: support for i doubt it with Dolomore comes from generous engaged intelligent and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of patreon You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget, and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollimore.
3: Henry. Henry. Thank you so
1: much. (laughs) You are our
3: latest Patreon supporter. Yes. And I want to remind everybody, well, the Patreons, that we are going to be having, did I say the Patreons? I mean the patron,
2: Patreon
3: both, supporters. The, both
2: PayPal and and Patreon, we are going to be having a a Google Hangout and we're going to be sending the information along to tell you what the dates and times this weekend right
3: well i already sent out the information but all right i'm now announcing it so that people who don't check their email or didn't get the message will hear it on the show and then i'm also going to send out another message tomorrow probably a reminder yeah so it's going to be friday january 6th 8 p.m and saturday january 7th at noon
2: those times are west coast those are Los Angeles times.
3: Right. And the day of, you will receive a message with the link to the Google Hangout.
2: Moments before.
3: Yeah. And it's always a good time. We really enjoy doing these and we look forward to doing them more often. And if you would like to participate in one, you can go to Patreon. You can go to com. Slash Patreon.
2: You know what to do.
3: You're not saving me. You
2: you know what to do. Listen, (laughs) the other thing I'm going to talk about, we're going to move on. What's happening. Is we only have a literal handful. Well, not a literal handful. If if I had giant hands, it would be a literal handful.
3: Uh But we only have a
2: handful of those mugs left. People are buying the shit out of those mugs. Yeah. Who knew it was going to be this popular? And
3: the pictures are rolling in and we love seeing them.
2: Yeah, for sure. So if you want to buy a mug, the first run of mugs dollamore.com slash shop and uh, go buy yourself a couple mugs a mug or two or you know there's not there's not many left again so anyway we love you guys we appreciate you again we know those mugs aren't worth 20 bucks a piece with shipping it's 20 bucks but uh, you're supporting the show and get a look at our goofy faces on a mug good times All right. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Well, we've talked a lot about this uh, intelligence gathering issue and how 17 different intelligence gathering services, including the State Department, because whether you like it or not, the State Department is definitely in the espionage business, not just diplomacy. They have all determined that the Russians were involved in this hacking that they 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 got this data the the this information to Julian assange the the accused rapist Julian Assange this is the same the reason he's in exile the reason he's being held in the Ecuadorian embassy in England is because he has um uh, immunity he has uh, asylum that's the word mm-hmm. he's getting asylum from Ecuador because Switzerland or Sweden I think it's Switzerland they want him on a rape charge to tr- to bring him to trial and he's hiding he's not a good guy
3: so naturally Sean Hannity went to interview him yeah
2: of course so he likes well Sean Hannity loves to hang out with Donald Trump he loves accused rapists apparently
3: okay so Julian Assange uh, Donald Trump tweeted, Julian Assange said, quote, a 14-year-old could have hacked Podesta. Why was DNC so careless? Also said Russians did not give him the info. Uh,
2: he's taken the word of a rapist.
3: Then he tweeted, Julian Assange on U.S. media coverage. It's very dishonest. Hashtag Hannity. More dishonest than anyone knows.
2: He's taken the word of an accused rapist and interferer in our free and fair election process. I wonder why. I wonder why Donald Trump would take his side. And the, the problematic thing is he's taken his side against our intelligence gathering
6: services. President-elect Donald Trump striking a conspiratorial tone yet again against U.S. intelligence. In a new cryptic tweet, Trump writes, intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. But U.S. intelligence officials say there's no delay. They say the meeting was always set to take place later this week, adding President Obama has yet to receive the full briefing on Russian hacking. Trump vowed to release inside information he says he has about the hacks by today. Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff responding to Trump's claim, tweeting, this week, real Donald Trump promises new info about Russian hacking. Only he knows next week what really happened at Roswell. One U.S. intelligence official telling CNN that director of national intelligence, James Clapper, was not scheduled to be in New York City where Trump is until later in the week. Later this week, they will, uh, once the final uh, report, on um, the current situation in Russia is made final by the intelligence community, Uh, they will ask for, they have asked for a briefing from senior members of the intelligence community. Officials noting that until now, Trump's team has not scheduled a meeting with the heads of top intelligence agencies. By contrast, President Obama met with the intelligence leaders shortly after being elected in 2008. For months, Trump has continued to cast doubts over the conclusion reached by 17 U.S. intelligence agencies that Russia was behind the election cyber attacks. It could be somebody else. It could be Russia, but it could also be China. It could also be lots of other people. It also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? Maybe there is no hacking. A conclusion the CIA director says is ironclad. I would suggest to individuals who have not
7: yet seen the report, who have not yet been briefed on it, that they uh, wait and see
2: what it is that uh, the intelligence community is putting forward before they make those judgments. This is unprecedented. Listen, I'm sure that if you look back, there will be times in American history where the president-elect or president of the United States was at odds. With the intelligence agencies within the United States. What is very different here. And very damaging. Very dangerous. Is that he's doing this publicly. He's airing these grievances. For all to see. Not just the American public. But our enemies. Mm -hmm. For Iran. And North Korea. And Russia. And other adversarial entities. On the global stage. They're seeing that there's a rift between the incoming president and his intelligence-gathering organizations.
3: He's just saying, hey, everybody, look at how incompetent the leader of the free world's going to be. Uh,
2: You don't have to take my word for it, though. Here's an interview with Blitz. Good old Blitz. Wolf Blitzer and Phil Mudd, who spent many, many years in the CIA. They're talking about these specific tweets that Donald Trump has been firing off of his assembly line.
7: I did with the founder of WikiLeaks writing this, Julian
2: Assange said uh, a 14-year-old could have hacked Podesta. Why was DNC so careless? Also said Russians did not give him the info. Let's get some more uh, with our experts. I want to start with Phil Mudd. Uh, uh, Phil, uh, these tweets, what, what's the impact they're having on careers? over, for example, at the CIA,
8: where you used to work, and the FBI, where you also work? Boy, this is painful, Wolf. I think the president-elect is half right. He has not only the right, but the responsibility to question intelligence professionals. He's right in pointing out that there have been some uh, mistakes over the years that had profound implications for American security, including Iraq WMD, including assessing the rise of ISIS, including looking at the Arab Spring after 2011. But the substance of his comments are different from the style. I grew up with a generation of people who were with Reagan, with Bush, with Clinton, with the second Bush, with Obama, now going in with President Trump. We lost officers in murders by Lebanese Hezbollah in the 1980s and in killings by al-Qaeda in the 2000s. And this is the thanks you get. This is it. Let me tell you something, Wolf. Melania Trump said to CNN, I live with two boys sometimes. My hope is that she's not referring to two boys who are now moving to the White House. Unacceptable. He can question the intelligence. He cannot humiliate the people who've offered their lives to collect that intelligence. That's it, Wolf. That's it, Wolf.
2: I mean, that's it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And here's the other thing. Not only can you not do that because you're not fostering a good relationship. These people need to be loyal to their, to their, to their president. They need to feel a respect right. An honor and a duty. But the other thing is, where does Donald Trump think he's getting his goddamn information? Where do Trump supporters think that this goddamn buffoon is getting his intelligence? He doesn't have the vast network of intelligence gathering infrastructure that we have here in the United States. Mm-hmm. He's a businessman. Right. What the hell does he have at his disposal to know what went on or what didn't go on?
3: The random thoughts that appear in his head that Absolutely. he decides to run with. Absolutely. That is, that is where that comes from. You're
2: just bad decision-making all the way around. Mm-hmm. W- well, that's, that's a perfect segue here. He's named a Wall Street insider lawyer to be the head of the Securities and Exchange Commission.
3: Jay Clayton has extensive ties to Wall Street. He advised Goldman Sachs on its government bailout, and his wife Gretchen currently works at the bank as a private wealth advisor. Trump announced his SEC pick on Wednesday and explained that Clayton's background as a Wall Street lawyer will help unleash the, quote, job-creating power of the economy while still providing strong oversight, quote, We need to undo many regulations which have stifled investment in American businesses and restore oversight of the financial industry in a way that does not harm American workers, Trump said in a statement. The appointment upset some Democrats, particularly Elizabeth Warren. She told CNN Money in a statement that Trump's selection of Jay Clayton is another sign that, quote, his administration will put Wall Street first and working families last.
2: And maybe more so than any previous administration in recent memory. This is unbelievable. Let's just let's go to I'm going to play this like 2 minute clip here telling you about who our new treasury secretary is. Steve Mnuchin. What kind of a guy
4: is the man who will be running the Department of the Treasury? Steve Mnuchin like Donald Trump is a deal maker and during the height of the housing crisis he saw a deal. A failed lender named IndyMac was being sold off by the US government and Mnuchin led a team that bought it. They renamed it One West, took over and expanded its reverse loan mortgage program, and then increased the pace of foreclosures. One West was uh, the foreclosure kings in California for this size. I mean, there were bigger companies like Countrywide that foreclosed on more, but they had a much larger market share. How big? In the first six years of Steve Mnuchin's leadership, sixteen thousand reversed mortgage foreclosures were carried out by one west and its subsidiary financial freedom four out of every ten in the country more than twice what a lender of its size should have produced according to john taylor ceo of a consumer rights group focusing on big banks they were going to foreclose on as many people as they possibly could because that was the business model that said to them We're going to make a fortune doing this. Mnuchin did profit, handsomely, eventually selling one West Bank to CIT Group for more than twice what he paid for it. He also became vice chairman of CIT, which inherited the foreclosure mess. Dozens of lawsuits and a federal investigation would follow him.
7: Hi, this is James Garner for Financial
4: Freedom. The pitch was simple. Older people searching for a new source of income in retirement could make a deal with Financial Freedom get monthly paychecks, and remain in their house rent-free until they died. If you're 62
7: or older and own your own home, I'd like to talk to you about something you should know.
4: It turns out there was a very big catch that a lot of people did not know about. The person who bought the reverse mortgage could stay in his or her house until they died. True. But after death, everyone else living in the house would have to go unless they paid back the loan. Elizabeth Lavulo's grandmother died in January of 2014. The letter from Financial Freedom arrived almost immediately, telling the survivors to pay up.
5: They said that um, the, ho- the house needs to be paid in full by April 28th, or else they would foreclose the property.
2: Sounds like a really, really nice guy. Drain the Swamp. As soon as the person dies, oh, there's people, family, living in the house. Yeah, get them out of there. If they can't pay within just a few months, the balance of the loan, we get the house, we get to sell the house, we get to whatever. After they've made all the money on the loan, this is disgusting, deplorable behavior. What happens? He gets rewarded with the secretary of the treasury job. Unbelievable.
3: Yeah. Well, and Steve Mnuchin is a former Goldman Sachs partner. That is right. So this whole mantra of drain the swamp was supposed to be about moving away from these kinds of people.
2: And, and business as usual. And it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah. He's not the only one, though. There's been some bizarre movement recently, like Omarosa, who was a twice-failed contestant on his game show, on his reality show, he she has just been given a position
3: in the White House. Yeah, she was named as Director of Communications for the Office of Public Liaison. Ugh. hmm
2: Let me remind you what Omarosa said just a, a few months ago while Donald Trump was campaigning for president. Every critic,
5: every detractor, will have to bow down to President Trump. It's everyone who's ever doubted Donald, whoever disagreed, whoever challenged him. It is the ultimate revenge to become the most powerful man in the universe.
2: God bless you, and may God bless the United States. It's funny to me, because I thought that becoming President of the United States, the most powerful man in the free world, I thought that it uh, it was more about public service <laughs> and the betterment of our country. I didn't know that it was the ultimate revenge.
3: Well, she was on with Megyn Kelly today, hmm. and she said the same thing. It is the ultimate revenge to become the most powerful man in the universe. She said, uh, "That's that's what Donald Trump needs, by the way, to be told that kind of shit." Right. But She's a disgusting
2: stop. human being. Please Again, stop
3: reinforcing that human. Garbage. Well, that is pretty strong, sir.
2: That's, that's... Nope.
3: I just, I have to say it.
2: The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far
6: superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis.
3: Measured and reasonable. Yeah.
2: Tell me all about it. <laughs>
6: Amorosa, Human
2: garbage. Okay. Not backing away from it. Good times. Well, on New Year's Eve, Donald Trump had a party at Mar-a-Lago in Florida.
3: Perfect. At which he
2: was accompanied by convicted felon, (laughs) mobster associates, and also his business partners that he was lauding praises upon. I thought he was extracting himself from his business, but eh, apparently not.
8: Breaking news. New video emerging moments ago of the president-elect
9: and his New Year's Eve party at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Trump appearing to lavish praise on his billionaire business partner from Dubai, a man named Hussein Sajwani.
4: Hussein and the whole family from the most beautiful people from Dubai are here tonight and they're seeing it and they love it.
3: Sajwani's a company building the Trump International course in Dubai, uh, now working on a second course designed by Tiger Woods. Brian Stelter is out front. And, Brian, um, you know, here's the thing. He said that there's going to be no more deals done. I'm not going to be interacting
9: with business people. And yet here he is with his one of his biggest partners. And you can build the highest wall imaginable to uh, restrict Donald Trump from his business interests. And yet he'll still know what's on the other side of that wall because he had these relationships for years. And that's the thrust of this issue. He's still hanging out uh, with his business partners, still showing up with them in social settings. Now, his spokeswoman tonight is saying this was simply a social setting, no business conducted. This was no big deal. But we see it on the videotape. And by the way, you have the the partner and his entire family come in from Dubai for your holiday party at Mar-a-Lago. It speaks volumes. And also, let's keep in mind how we're seeing this. This is a leaked videotape from one of the party goers at Trump's New Year's Eve party. The yes. press was not allowed into this event. Uh, Trump said they were. They were not. They were not in the back of the room, even though he was calling the media garbage during this event. This was a leaked videotape. The fact that we're learning yes. about what Trump is doing through photographs and videos that are leaked by party goers, uh, it says a lot about how unavailable he's been to the press. So what else did he say?
2: Here's the other thing. Here's the deal, I should say. The president shouldn't be in some public... Uh, 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 event and not have the press there to cover it Uh who in the fuck does he think he is you're a public figure now Donald Trump you're employed by the American people your time is not your own
3: well, he's surrounding himself with people like Omarosa who are telling him, whispering sweet nothings in his ear about how he's the most powerful man in the universe. It's
2: it's weird like villain talk, isn't it? It's Again, it's the disturbing. whole enemies. And right. Like he's a superhero.
3: Yeah, but anyone who heard this, any Trump supporter who said Barack Hussein Obama, any Trump supporter who has ever said that in their life in a hateful way, when they heard this video, I wonder what their thinking was.
2: No, I completely justify it.
3: Because the name of the partner was Hussein. Oh, right, right. So, I mean, yeah. you have to yeah. equal opportunity for hatred there, right? Well, he, he,
2: The thing is, in the video that you see with Donald Trump on stage, there's a little bald guy standing next to him. Mm-hmm. And that is the guy that I'm talking about who has ties to John Gotti. And you you can dispense with all your romanticism about the mafia because you watch the Sopranos. <laughs> these are bloodthirsty killers. These aren't these aren't romantic figures in American history just because you've watched the Godfather a couple times. And these are the kind of people that Donald Trump's hanging out with in social situations before he's even president. That's Joseph Cinque,
7: a.k.a. Joey No Socks, convicted of a felony in 1989 for art theft, celebrating next to the president-elect on New Year's Eve.
4: Well, thank you very much. It's a great
7: honor. Cinque's current lawyer insists the art was legally owned by Cinque, but the New York Supreme Court says Joey No Socks Chinque pled guilty and his conviction still stands. He was given a conditional discharge and served no jail time. Trump and Cinque go way back, with Cinque helming the American Academy of Hospitality Sciences, an organization that over the years, Trump has been listed as ambassador extraordinaire. His children served as honorary trustees on the board, and the current board is made up of several Trump friends and business associates. In 2009, Trump was given an award by Cinque, one of many hotel awards his organization has bestowed on Trump's properties over the years. It has no meaning whatsoever, but Donald Trump proudly hangs at least 19 awards uh, in his uh, golf courses. You will notice they are signed not just by Joey No they are also signed by Donald J. Trump as chairman of the board. Yes, Trump's signature is on some of the awards. It's like Trump giving himself an award.
4: I'd especially like to congratulate and thank Joe Cinque, the head of the academy, for the unbelievable job that he does. There's nobody like him. He's a special guy. There's just nobody close.
7: And at last year's Mar-a-Lago New Year's Eve celebration.
4: So highly respected within the hospitality industry. It-
7: Again, the president-elect front and center with Joey Nosox Cinque. Last May, Trump told the Associated Press he didn't know Cinque well and wasn't aware of his conviction. Let's assume Donald Trump doesn't know who this guy is. Wow, Donald Trump is so unaware and doesn't have people around him to warn him that you are standing next to a convicted felon who credibly claimed to have a relationship with John Gotti. That that's astonishing.
2: It's not just astonishing; it is alarming. What's he going to do as president? Standing next to terrorists, contributors to 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 Hamas, to terrorist organizations, and just be able to claim, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's no big deal." Mm-hmm. It's a problem.
3: I I regularly say to myself, "What has America done?"
2: You know, I'm like a smart person. He's like a he's like a smart person, Brittany. We shouldn't uh, we shouldn't question. Yeah. He's he's okay. Mm-hmm. You know I'm like a
4: smart person.
2: All right. Well, listen. I was going to have Britney record a brand new intro for Taking Care of Biz, but uh, we didn't get it done. We didn't get Biz taken care of. Yeah. So it's gonna have to be for next time. But until then, we're just gonna stick to this new one that everybody hates.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Taking care of Biz.
3: So this was your nomination. Yeah, yeah. I would like to say that. Your Why? nomination. Are you, for you hedging taking your bets
2: in case they hate this too? No, I because everything I do about the show people just fucking hate.
3: No, that is of course <laughs> not true. But you nominated Cal Marshall. Now That is right. The Cal, young
2: Cal Marshall.
3: Cal Marshall is the 17 year old son of the newly elected representative Roger Marshall. A
2: Republican. Yes.
3: From Kansas. Yes. And as he was being sworn in,
0: standing next to Paul Ryan, Cal decided to do the dab. Well, we told you earlier about the swearing in of the new U.S. Congress. The son of one new Republican representative may be in trouble after trying to upstage his dad. It happened at a photo op with House Speaker Paul Ryan, of all people. Watch him sneak in the dab while everyone else was focused on the cameras.
4: So I might end up like you.
0: No, gentlemen, that's not what the mug man is doing. You of all know, of course, the dab, the dance move featuring a raised arm. It was everywhere in 2016. Rappers, football players, even Hillary Clinton dab. House Speaker Paul Ryan later tweeted, "Just finished swearing in photos. Nearly 300 members, countless cute kids. Still don't get what dabbing is, though." And the boy's father, Congressman Roger Marshall, tweeted, "Just so you know, Speaker Ryan, he is grounded." <laughs>
2: Uh, you'd have to watch the video, and it is on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. which gives me the opportunity to say, if you're not already liking the Facebook page, you're wasting your life. Go, well, I meant that, but you know, you're you're definitely not making me real, real happy. <laughs> so go like the Facebook page. Check that out, because there's a whole video.
3: Yeah, it's very funny, because Paul Ryan does physically take his arm and put it down. Right.
2: Well, you, he acts like he didn't, like, what, were you going to sneeze? He knew... All these politicians know all the way that ways that they can be fucked with in photos.
4: Uh-huh. I,
2: when incoming congressmen come in, there's like a day of orientation. Like when you go to a company and you have all these orientation meetings and HR videos and shit you need to watch. Congressmen go through the same thing. And they get briefed on this kind of stuff all the time. They stay up on this. So
3: so they know what dabbing he is. He knew what
2: dabbing was, of course.
3: Okay, because I didn't know what dabbing was until a couple weeks ago when one of the students where I tutor was doing it.
2: To you. And
3: I was like, what are you doing? And everyone started laughing because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so uh, he might not have known.
2: He knew. He knew. Okay. All right. We're going to leave you there, you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us for this 266th episode of the show. If you would like to support the show, other than listening twice a week, you can go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. Support the show. You can go to dollamore.com, left-hand side of the page. Shop. Just go to this website. Find all the good ways to, to be a helpful supporter. But until next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dolomore, and this has been I Doubt It.
3: What would the show be without you being you, Jesse D? (laughs) Probably a
2: lot better.
3: Yeah.